I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, lead analyst at Free Dawkins on YouTube. And joining me, as always, is my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. Was there live against... Who's there live for the Mavericks game against the Milwaukee Bucks? What you got for me, Isaac Harris? <laughs> Man, it, it's so fun to be back. Just back in the back in the building, the vibe, the... Um, uh, just the, everything the about it. The, gosh, it was, there's so much pink, uh, which was awesome. That was the first night, uh, first preseason opener game and all of that, and that was fun. Um, just seeing KP come out was just awesome for the first time. Fans were just loving it. I got there early and just watched people warm up, watched Wes Matthews warm up, you know, because we'd never seen him play, and then he never played. But... Um, <laughs> But at no, least, at least yeah. you saw him warm up. You got to see Wes Matthews one more time. Did he post? Was he posting up in warm ups? No. He was. He was uh, driving though. Mm. Um, but no, it, yeah, it was fun. Just the crowd. It's crazy. I have so many tidbits about just stuff in the arena. But I was talking with uh, a Mavericks employee, and we were uh, just talking about the crowd and stuff before the game. And he mentioned something to me, and it really stuck stuck out. And he's like. You know, this is now we have more fans on our tunnel than the away team, mm. and that that part is really cool to see. For the past three, four, or five years, you know, fans come to the game, they get there early, and they can crowd one of the tunnels. And used to, it's just all for the away team. And you know, somebody like Giannis, the MVP of the league, even though the Bucks are the Bucks, it's still Giannis. There. Like they would have double the amount of fans at on their tunnel where the players walk out to do their pregame stuff, compared to the Mavericks. And now it's like flip flopped, and that part is really cool to see. And it just is a small glimpse into the buzz around the Mavericks here in Dallas. Mm. Mm. You get, you love to hear it. You love to hear it. They were super hyped when KP came out, and you're like, "Dang, they got really hyped!" Like this crowd of you know fans are here super early, hour and a half early, and then when Luca came out, whole different ball game. Like, yeah, wow. it's it's and it's the same kind of thing in the starting lineups too. Like, it is it is Luca's house, it is Luca's building, uh, it is Luca's team as far as fan uh, you know fan perception right now. You gotta love it. You gotta love it. All right, on the podcast today, bonus weekend pod. We're gonna break down the Mavericks game against the Bucks. Their uh, one eleven to one eighteen loss to the Bucks. But you know who's keeping score at this point. So we'll talk all about that. We'll talk about Kristaps Porzingis not shooting super well. We'll have some quotes from him uh, as they come out of the locker room. We'll also be talking about Jalen Brunson, how he played and how he didn't get in until very late in the game. And we'll also hear from Jalen Brunson. Isaac got some audio from um, from after the game, and he asked him a question. And so we will play some of that audio from Jalen Brunson. So you hear from him. I asked Rick a question, too. Yeah, you asked Rick a question. We are not going to play that one, though, because it, <laughs> it went as well as a Rick question normally goes. But uh, yeah, awesome. you have to stick around because we'll hear from Jalen Brunson. And Isaac asked him about Dante DiVincenzo and his former Villanova teammate. In college, and it was just gold. It's just great. So you gotta you gotta hear it for that. So stick around for that. All right, Isaac. 
Initial reactions from this game. Um, I think that there Eric. are three things that are going to frustrate Mavs fans. Oh, gosh. For this team. And then you can get into all your stuff. Lucas free throws, which that was a positive today. Hey, that was great. Porzingis' rebounding is definitely going to be a big thing soon. I can just see it. I can just see soon. it. Mm. And DeLon Wright's three-point shooting. That's going to be... It's going to be big. Those three things I think are going to frustrate Mavs fans. I'm just trying to predict it. Oh, gosh. Where do I even start with those three? Um, okay, first off, yes, the Luka free throws, definitely a thing. We talked about it. He shot, I think, 71% from the free throw line last year. It was definitely an area of his game that uh, he has to get that percentage up. We want to see that over 80%. He works on that. I watched his whole pregame routine you know, tonight, and I just sat there. I sat there, stood there underneath the basket, watched all the stuff he goes through with uh, Coach Mosley and Shed and those guys, and – you know, he has fun with it. They have a blast. You could tell him and Mosley have a great relationship and stuff. And But after a lot of his drills, and a lot of players do this, he has to shoot these free throws after he goes around the arc, different stuff. And some players would shoot like one or two. For Luca, I noticed they're, they're making him shoot five. Or, hey, you got to hit five in a row. Or, hey, you got to hit you know eight out of ten or whatever it is. So it's definitely something they're focusing on as a team. And, yeah, he had you know 11 free throw attempts tonight. Hit ten of them. 90% awesome. That's exactly what you got to see from Luca. Somebody that's getting to the line as much as he has already in the preseason and he's going to this, this year. But... Yeah, I mean, the other two things, one thing with Porzingis I want to throw out there is I did see some Mavs fans, like, frustrated or a little bit of, like, KP stuff, not shooting very well. Is he rusty? First off, I just want to say he's he's being guarded tonight by arguably the best player in the league, like, yes. the best defender in the league. MVP has a chance to be def- – didn't he come in second Second defense. I just released a video on Free Dawkins of players that could win the MVP and defensive player of the year. Last year he was the MVP and came in second in defensive player of the year voting. I mean, he is definitely a candidate for that. So if you're going to line up – if you're going to tell me the other team has Chris Porzingis and you're going to tell me, hey, you get to draft anybody in the league to guard Porzingis for a whole game – Guess who I'm probably going to draft number one? That's going to be Giannis to guard KP. So this is literally probably the best player to guard Porzingis in the league. So I want people to remember that when they look at this shooting performance by him. And he went four for 13, two of nine from three and stuff. Now, I will say a handful of those threes were open threes. He should have made. It feels like it feels like KP is going to get five open threes from the top of the, like, top of the key every single game. And that first one, he drained, or one of the first ones, he drained right in Giannis's face. Giannis gave him a little bit too, uh, too much space. But another thing about this Giannis KP thing, KP didn't did not guard Giannis. There, somebody, re- somebody replied back to me. There was a bunch of like people that were like putting up their stat lines, and yeah, somebody quote to one of my like Porzingis th- tweets I did with the thing of like, yeah, look at Giannis's numbers. I'm like, all right, guys, they did not guard each other, so we can't sit there and. <laughs> Um, but anyway, the Porzingis rebounds thing, this is a bigger discussion on like just the big man rotation and tonight with them starting Dorian instead of Maxi, that obviously makes him go a little bit smaller. Um, Dorian guarding Giannis, KP guarding Robin Lopez, who tried to uh, shoot a few threes tonight, which was weird, but there were some um, times when, when Dorian was guarding Robin Lopez, it was weird. Yes, yes, it was weird some, but the DeLon Wright thing, um, 
I mean, this was the biggest thing when when people signed him of like, hey, this is the biggest question mark about him is can he shoot a three at a consistent rate? In Memphis, when he had the ball more, he shot at twenty what twenty five percent from three and yeah. his just his short stint in Memphis, uh, but he shot thirty thirty six percent from three the year before that in Toronto. So. We hope that he can get towards that 36 number, but he's going to get the open shots. He's going to get those corner shots. Luka's going to have the ball, and that's the thing, And especially when you have somebody like Jalen Brunson or you have somebody like Seth Curry, these two guys off the bench who can shoot the three. If he continues to miss those shots, you're going to have fans. It's going to start brewing among Mavs Twitter and people, if not already, of all right, we kind of have people in there to make shots, and uh, I don't think it's there yet, but if he continues to miss them, he was 0 for 3 from 3 tonight, uh, teams are going to give him that shot, and so I'm anxious to see what happens with that. Yeah, and that changes the offense. Then he becomes more like a Rondo than he becomes you know, an actual floor spacer, so uh, you don't want that reputation to go before you. So, yeah, we're going to get into all kinds of stuff. Isaac has had a bunch of stuff about the arena and different things, so coming up next, let's talk about Mavs versus the Bucks, and we'll get into... Um, Christoph Porzingis and more about how he's playing. All right, Isaac, talk to me about the arena. What's changed? Is there, it's your first time back this season so far. What's changed? Yeah. I saw the lights were different. Oh, that, this was one of my my things I, I wrote down. I had to talk about. It's hard to explain some, but one, we've all seen pictures on the new court and. Not only does the court have the the new Dirk silhouette and the the skyline, which is really the wrong picture of the skyline because it's not really the actual skyline. <laughs> uh, but anyway, we all get the point. But the a large majority of the court is now lighter, and therefore it's brighter. And just walking down the stairs, you're like, whoa! Like the court just pops and looks good you, on TV too. Oh man, I. I was watching, yeah, I would look at the screen up in the press box, yeah, showing the game on the screen, obviously, and there on the court, and and I was talking to a photographer before the game, and I was like, man, like, it just seems so, like, brighter, and just, like, more vibrant, it, it's just, it, it's a weird type of feel now, and he's like, oh, yeah, he's talking to me about, like, different pictures, and how it affects, like, photography stuff, how much better it is now, but it's not just the court. It's the new lighting thing. It's kind of like I've never been to a game in Staples. I I want to one day, but it's great. I've I've always heard that you know the court is like basically the only thing lit up. You're like and, you're like at a you know like a play or something or like a like a Broadway show or something like that because the court is lit with lights and then everything else lit. is dark and so you, so you're kind of like sitting in the dark. So you're looking next to you and I mean you could see somebody, but you're definitely in a dark room like at a movie theater or something. Yeah, so like Dallas is trying is going with that a little bit and you can definitely see it from up top like where the press box is just looking down. I mean, the upper deck and not just the upper deck but like the the top half of the lower bowl is all darker and they have these new lights just on the court that so it's like a combination of the lights and the court being lighter and it just makes everything super bright and it just looks really really good. I know that might just be like nerdy and weird to some people, but if you're listening to a Dallas Mavericks only podcast on Saturday, this is for you. You're nerdy. <laughs> this is a conversation you want to be part of. <laughs> so anyway, if uh, if you guys plan on going to a game soon, hopefully you'll see what I'm talking about. But another little tidbit. 
I went. No, I don't always go into the locker rooms before the game, but I was like, all right, I gotta see another nerdy weird tidbit. I care about the locker room layout, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm I read so much into this stuff, and I just want to know. And so six fifteen rolls around, going to uh, going to the locker room. I'm like, I want to see where everybody's placed. And so like last year, Brunson and Luca were together. Their lockers were together all year. Probably maybe maybe contributed to their friendship. You know that they obviously have now. Uh, so I was like, oh, I wonder, you know, Luca will stay put, all this stuff. So here's a couple of locker shuffling Ooh, the things. locker layout. Let's go. Luca took over Salah's locker. Okay. So Luca scoots down one away from Brunson. Uh, DeLon Wright enters Luca's locker. So now it's Brunson, DeLon Wright, Luca. Luca's on the end next to the door, which is kind of strategic because a lot of times media, we're obviously going to talk to one of the two players, Porzingis or Luca, and then like another role player, it maybe broke out a big game or whatever. So <laughs> they media's said broke co- off. I was like, no. <laughs> um, for the longest time, nobody touched Dirk's locker. Like Dirk's locker still had the the clothes in it. Like I mean, for most of the off season, summer, and everything. So I was curious about that. I'm like, are are they just gonna leave this like kind of a the Dirk Memorial locker? Yeah, it's like a memorial all season stuff. Nope. Yeah, because they need Roby. them because some Roby Isaiah Roby is wow. taking over the Dirk locker, and <laughs> uh, I, somebody I think it was Cato. I want to say it was Cato that joked with him and said, hey, do you know what locker you got? And he goes, yeah, I was told this morning. Because Roby wouldn't know, right? Yeah, like, I know. Because he never seen it. He's How a rookie, long did Dirk so. have that locker? Like two years? Yeah, ever since, yeah, yeah the not long. new locker room uh, opened up. But still, so, yeah, every, everybody else, pre- when Porzingis got traded in last year, he took over DeAndre's locker. It's kind of in the corner. It's next to Tim Hardaway Jr. It's next to a whiteboard and stuff. So he's kind of by himself, but... Uh, pretty much everybody else stayed put. Boban is like the first locker that goes to like the training facility. So he's like off to himself a little bit too. So for all of you who probably do care or don't care about locker room layout, there you go. So Luca and Porzingis are not next to each other. So you're saying their chemistry is going to suffer. <laughs> so <laughs> that's always well, a like, thing, right? It's always a thing like Luca and Porzingis, their lockers are next to each other. That that's chemistry right there, or you know, a vet is for some next people, to yeah. Yeah. Because like Harrison Barnes and Dirk, they were next yeah. to each other. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr. Dennis and, and Dorian. Yeah. Like they were they were next to each other, the lockers and stuff. So uh you, that's what I was wondering. I was wondering if they moved some people around and if they just moved it all around, but there's it's not just a, and this is important to know. It's not just a player uh, thing to where they get to pick their lockers. There's strategy that goes in between this of like equipment people and media stuff of because you can't have Luke and KP in the middle of the locker room right beside each other. And then you're just gonna have a horde of 50 media people and no one can move and all this stuff. So there's strategy behind it too. So anyway, there you go for all of you 10 people who care about locker room stuff. <laughs> They're all listening though, all 10 of them. Anything else from the from the arena, the new experience, what fans can expect coming in? Not, not no. I don't think anything else. I I mentioned something right at the top, but there's not. Yeah, nothing super new. Okay. Besides that stuff. So let's get into the game. So Kristaps Porzingis had an interesting game, I would say. Um, he's he shot nine threes. I don't know how many threes he ever shot, like the most he ever shot with the Knicks, but he only averaged on like 4.8 a game. <laughs> nine threes seems like a lot in uh, the 23 
almost 24 minutes that he played. He finished with 11 points, 5 boards, 3 assists. He only shot 4 of 13 from the field and just 2 of 9 from 3. He talked about his 3-point shot after the game. He talked about his role um, in this offense and how it's a little bit different and just coming back. Uh, He talked about it. Tim McMahon tweeted it out, so I'll read it for you. I'm trying to figure out how to fit in the system and be comfortable out there and get the shots that I want to get. I just missed too many open shots. I would look way different if I just hit a few more shots early and then just got in a better rhythm. On the other hand, there's a lot more things that I can do if I'm not making shots. Slowly, we'll figure it out. I'm also getting a feel for everybody, and everybody will get a feel for me. We'll just put this thing together and be all right. A lot of his threes are open. And I, I tweeted mm-hmm. this during the game that, you know, Borzingis was one of four at the time and he missed three wide open threes. Like he, he picked and he he rolled out for a pop and he just had a wide open three because the defense went with the ball handler. And he's got to make those. And he knows he has to make those. And I think he will. He's, you know, he's still coming back from the injury and everything. But the fact that he's getting wide open threes is important. And that's a positive trend for this team. Yeah, I think it's all about rhythm for him. You know, he when he talked to media stuff, he I'm paraphrasing him, but he's like, yeah, I'm not shoot, I'm not used to shooting three after three after three. I'm used to getting, doing more inside and getting used to like starting like the Detroit game, his first game, his first basket was him catching and just shooting right over the top of Blake Griffin. You know, from what the a short corner or a little bit outside from the Dirk, the, the right Dirk. Yeah, from from the Dirk, and that was his first shot. Nothing but net. A little bit after that, he shoots a three. I think you're going to see, uh, and Rick Carlisle was asked, that was the first question he was asked about in a post-game press conference about Porzingis' role in the offense. And he said, hey, we're working through this stuff. We're going to try out some more things. I tweeted out, you know, later in the second half, he ran a pick and roll with Seth Curry. And he rolled, like an actual roll. It's not, and, and he he got it, he dunked it. I tweeted out a video, I'm like, hey, I want to see more of this because I feel like in a, in a sense, like, Right now, after two games, people just know he's just going to pop every single time because that's what he's doing every time. And you don't want to turn Porzingis into just a pick and popper. Like, he's so much more than that. So, that's what I want to see him roll to the basket. I think Tim McMahon asked Carlisle directly about rolling and, and when and or the balance of that. And Rick said what, you know, he's like, hey, it just depends on the coverage, defense, uh, we what saw, position he's playing. We saw a lot of rolls in with, with Luka on, in the uh, – in the first game, I I put some of those in the video that I did for Free Dawkins. So if you click the link in the description, you can watch some of those. Uh, that alley oop that he had, where he had the end one in that first game, uh, the Pistons game, that was a roll. He had another uh, roll that was really good to the basket or that, that Maxi put back. Um, he has he's he's had some some pretty good rolls. Just the pops stand out more because it looks wild there. But he when he rolls, it's not as aggressive like as Dwight or. You know, it's a bigger guy. He kind of like, like a bubble. He kind of like like leans down or like he kind of bends down a little bit and kind of tries to sneak into the paint. And this is kind of funny. Uh, by I the by, was- the way, talking about rolling, uh, there's a couple plays tonight that if Dwight had been the roller instead of Maxi, it would have they would have been dunks. And I think that we're gonna see a difference when when Dwight comes back in that regard. Which. Dwight's out for the rest of preseason yeah, games, so, yeah. which there's only two more preseason games. But he was there. He was uh, in his warm-ups. He didn't go through warm-ups, but he, t- he addressed the crowd before the game and all this stuff. But um, anyway, for KP and rolling to the basket, what was I about to say? Now I'm just going blank. 
I don't know what you're going to say. I, I started thinking about Dwight Powell, but uh, oh no, 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 no. Going back to what Rick said, Rick's. I thought it was really interesting to that. We're in real good form tonight. I screwed up the intro. We're you're forgetting what you're saying. We're, just, <laughs> we're all over the place. Rick, this is a <laughs> bonus weekend pod. What do you expect? It is. <laughs> I thought it was interesting that Rick said it depends when he was answering that question about when Porzingis is going to be rolling and yeah. popping and all that stuff. He threw out there not just the defense, he said, but it, it depends on what position he's playing too. Yeah. And this goes all the way back full circle to when we're talking about how the different positions for the Mavericks have defined roles and how the five man in this system yeah. is the roller. That's what they want it to be. The Dwight Powell special. So, in a sense, you're like, all right, does so that mean when KP's playing the five, then that's when he's rolling. But if he's playing the four, which is this role Dirk played forever, he's just going to be the pick and pop guy. That's where it gets really intriguing. But they got to figure it out. I think they will. I think you're going to see. I, I'm i really curious the next preseason game. If I could put money down on something, I would put money down that Porzingis' first shot will not be a three-pointer. Ooh. I think it will be a designed shot that they'll get it to him in the post or coming off a screen some you know just elbow jumper something to try to get him going yeah carlisle said we've got to get kp involved on some inside options we're going to do different things with him i think that yeah he's i mean they're just scratching the surface and trying to figure out how to use him in certain instances so yeah that'll be interesting to see with porzingis going forward all right coming up next let's let's get into the brunson conversation and then let's hear from jalen brunson himself All right, Isaac. So Jalen Brunson uh, didn't go in the game until the third quarter. I mean, three minutes and five seconds th- to the left in the third. Three minutes and five seconds left in the third. Uh, that is that is late in the game. That was the first time he entered the game. We got to see JJ Barea for the first time, uh, and Jalen Brunson coming in immediately after that for JJ. It didn't look good, man, for JJ. Uh, he's he's coming back from the Achilles nine months ago. He he tore his Achilles and he's back. Um, you asked the question to Carlisle after the game: is is Jalen Brunson's you know minutes or when he came off the bench late in the third quarter is that more due to JJ Barea being you know having such a big role in this team or is that because of you know him just trying things out or experimenting? He didn't really answer your question. He kind of gave a coach's answer and just. Ignored yeah, it. Yeah, he said coach's decision. And would, and, yeah, sure. Which is fine, but what do we think? <laughs> I th- I think J- I think JJ Brea just means so much to this team as really the only veteran on this team. The only, like, real vet. <clears throat> yeah, well, I asked a question. You know, that was the last question of his postgame thing. And, you know, he looked at me and said, yeah, it's coach's decision. And then he was done. And, you know, some media laughed about it. And uh, I had a couple of media people say, hey, I was wondering the same thing. I mean, I feel like it's a, you know, I just laughed. I, like, I feel like it's a question that some of us were wondering. Like, why yeah. didn't JJ, why didn't Jalen Brunson get into the game until the end of the third quarter? The fact I that think, he came in and looked so good. Yes. Is, is just kind of shocking, you know? Yes. And so I know it's preseason. I know he's probably playing around with, you know, with lineups and different stuff, but 
still, it, I, I'm just, I wanted to know that. I asked Jalen Brunson, and you can hear the audio in a little bit about it. I asked him, I was like, was this part of the game plan? Did you know that you wasn't going to get into the game until the end of the third quarter? And he gives a very Jalen Brunson vet answer to it. Um, but so yeah, but still, let, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and listen to it right now. We'll go. Okay, we'll listen here from Jalen Brunson talking about his role. If he knew he was going to play this role, and then at the end, wait for it and listen all the way through because he talks about Dante Divincenzo, and it's amazing. You're not checking in until the end of the third. Basically, was that something you knew was going to happen before the game? Um, I mean, I just. Go out whenever my numbers call or names call. I go out there and play as hard as I can. Um, and that's really it. Coach, I always talk about being ready coming up the bench. How do you maintain it? Um, starts with it starts with my uh, my father. He's been in that position his whole life. So, uh, I mean, his NBA career life, and um, just there's no reason to get ready if you stay ready. So, I just mentally prepare myself for anything and. and um, just ready for any moment. How difficult is it for you guys trying to do all this without Dwight, who may be the starting center? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely difficult. Dwight is a, brings a factor to this team uh, with his energy and his uh, running apparent. Um, uh, the word I'm thinking of, I can't really think of. His room running presence, there we go. Um, but he, he does a lot for this team, so missing him is definitely um, key. We need him back. It's your sophomore year. What's changed from last year to this year? Uh, the only thing that's changed is the experience I've had, but um, my mindset, everything, my my approach, my work ethic, it's all all stays the same. Was that your first time going against Dante? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think both times we played, I think he was out, so that was my first time. You playing. enjoyed doing that? I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. I'm used to busting his ass every now and then. <laughs> nah, that's my guy. That's my guy. <laughs> he just... Oh man, I love how he interacts with his former like Villanova teammates, and it's just it's such a cool it's such a cool example of how college can bond players like that. Yeah, you always talk about the North Carolina thing, and you, you'll get you'll get to talk. <laughs> I, I wish you guys could see Isaac's face. It just lit up when I mentioned North Carolina because his guy played tonight. But you'll get to talk about that in a minute. But with Jalen Brunson and Dante DiVincenzo, I just love that. That was the first time he got to play against him, that it was fun. DiVincenzo looked good. He's sneaky. People remember, he was a top 20 pick. Don't say he's sneaky last. athletic. How dare you say that? No, I'm saying I, I wasn't going to say that. I just said he's <laughs> sneaky good because he wasn't – that Villanova team so was so unique because they had Brunson, Dante, Amari Spellman, Mikel Bridges, um, even Eric Pascal, who's now on the Warriors. Yeah. Um, I feel like they got a Booth. I forget uh, Phil Booth, uh, which I think he's still playing for Villanova. I could be wrong. But anyway, they ha- they have a team that have all these you know players. Now. Well, I guess Spellman's on the Warriors now too. Yeah, he is. But. Um, and it's, it's funny because Brunson was national player of the year for that team. And like, there was some people were like, oh, okay, well, Mikel's the better prospect. You know, where's Brunson? And all of them got drafted over Brunson, like even Spellman. Yeah. So he was the last one to get, you know, get drafted. And Mikel went 10. Dante went, what, 16 or 17 to Milwaukee, but he didn't play. Like, Dante had the big, uh, the big game in the, the national championship yeah. game. Yeah. But, um, 
but you know he didn't. He was hurt last year, so he's. I think he's a sneaky piece to that Milwaukee team. So it's fun. Yeah, it's fun hearing Jalen talk about those Villanova guys because dang, there's so many of them. But they all have a, a huge loyalty to Villanova. Very uh, anti Josh McRoberts with Duke. Remember when I asked McRoberts <laughs> about Duke and uh, that's a throwback. Like, that's a real no. throwback right there. I don't. I don't follow Duke. What are you talking yeah. about? I'm like, okay. Hashtag Brotherhood. What about that? <laughs> Speaking of brotherhood, though, let's just let's just quickly. You got to see your boy. Honestly, honestly, if you played basketball, it would just it, that would that's what you would look like out there. You have the same facial hair, same kind of build. Freaking Luke May, man! You, you made the same amount of shots in the game tonight. Stop it! He was minus five. He played two minutes. Um, he got, to, he got to guard freaking he Boban. Got, got to guard Boban. <laughs> I'm like, you have no shot, man. Uh, he has no shot at making that <laughs> roster either. I'm just, I'm all here for him. Um, I just love Luke May. I've I rooted on Luke May a lot uh, when he wore that baby blue. But anyway, what about Giannis though? Giannis is wild, and he he hit three threes. Oh my gosh, dude! I, I mean, he's definitely a top five player that you see in person and you just shake your head every time the things he does. And like now, yeah, the turnaround, he did like a turnaround Dirk ish type of fadeaway One time he hit three threes. Like you said, a three for four from three. One of his One threes, of was, he just walked up the court. He brought the ball up like the point guard, walked it up. Maxi was waiting for him to start driving. Maxi looked, I mean, Maxi looked scared out of his, 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 butthole every time Giannis walked down the court he was like in his defensive stance arms out like ready to go balls of his feet he's just like ready and Giannis just pulled up and splashed a three right in his face just walking up the court I mean that is leagues over leagues over if he if that is consistent if that is consistent and he can do the pull-ups and hit those three time MVP just give it to him yeah I mean he was my MVP pick but I'm definitely feeling confident after that um, just the sequence after the end of the first at the end of the first half, oh, yeah. uh, his plays, the Luca sequence of the three three pointers, which was just incredible, uh, just gave you a taste of what the season's gonna be like. And man, it was so fun. It puts in perspective Luca's three point percentage because you know he shot thirty two percent, and everybody's like, oh, he's got to get that up. He's got to be more efficient, but. The fact that he can just get hot like that and hit shots like that, there's just very yeah. few players that can really do that in the NBA. And it just it sets him apart. But I want to go back to this Jalen Brunson thing because I really want to talk about it. Yeah, me too, me too. You texted me during the game like this was a hot take. Don't, no, 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 don't say that. I only text you. <laughs> no, I don't think this is a hot take. And I think it has to be talked about. I think people are talking about it. And I think it's true. Okay. That Jalen Brunson should could should probably start. Yeah. I don't think that's yeah. such a hot take. No, well, I I was I was putting up putting him up against somebody else on the team. I'm like, hey, they okay. Basically they went out and signed Delon Wright, and I think Delon Wright's gonna be fine. But I think it's one of those things where at the moment Jalen Brunson's better and when he especially when he's shooting the outside shot like whose feelings is, are getting hurt that you said that Jalen Brunson no, but, could be better well, than it's DeLon, not but. it's not even it's not even about like feelings hurt it's I, I want to I also don't want to go back on the things I've said about DeLon Wright because I I still believe a lot of things that I believe about DeLon Wright I think he's gonna be fine and I think he's gonna be good yes yeah, I just think at the exact 
moment right now. If they went out tomorrow and played, hey, here's a game seven. We have to play right now in a playoff thing. I think you got to play Brunson in the fourth quarter instead of DeLon Wright. And that's kind of my mindset of that. And and that's that's kind of why I, I came out of this game. I'm like, why isn't Brunson playing? And it's it poses a bigger question of, if they're not gonna play, if he's not, if they're not gonna do a three man thing of Berea, Seth, and Brunson, and one of them ha- is the odd man out, it can't be Jalen Brunson because Jalen Brunson is a heck of a basketball player. So I don't know what the answer is to it, and that's what I was trying to go for because I wanted to see if Rick said, and like me and you were talking about, what if Rick responded to my question and said, "Hey, JJ Berea is a six man. He's he's gonna like that's his role, and then we'll figure out everybody else after that." Or what if Brunson said, "Yeah, that that was told to me before the game, and you know that's just kind of how how it is. We don't know how the bench unit's gonna look like." Also, but obviously it didn't. We got the you know the professional answers on it, and that's why I wanted to talk about it because I think fans are going to be really wondering if they if one of those guys has to be the odd man out and Brunson's not playing much because it's JJ or Seth whatever. This is going to be something really intriguing to track yeah, this year. Yeah, and let's temper this a little bit. It's preseason. It's been one game with JJ Barea. It was the first home game, and so maybe it was just, it was JJ Barea's first game. So maybe this is just Rick Carlisle putting him out there because it was a home game. You know, he's a fan favorite. He got a big ovation when he came in. He's back from the Achilles. Uh, I, I, let's, let's just wait a couple of games and maybe even during the regular season to see if this brunson Berea thing is really going to be any kind of battle. But uh, and I, you can't I love that the, all of us are coming to Jalen Brunson's defense because he's become such a fan favorite already. Yeah, but and, and, one, and one thing, you can't look at the minutes on the, on the uh, box score and say, okay, well, Berea yeah. played 12 and Brunson played 11. What are you talking about? If you want him to all three, because I think there's a world in which all three of them can play. Yeah. But Brunson only got his minutes in the fourth quarter and at the very end of the third when he was basically running the show for you know Cleveland, Josh Reeves, and you know, Bo Bond and stuff. Now, Ooh, the blocksmith, Josh Reeves, let's go. <laughs> That could have been designed, and I, I could have, and, and and that was another thing. If Ricks came out and answered my question and said, "Hey, I want, I wanted a point guard out there to run the show for Cleveland, Boban, Reeves, and some of these guys, to where it keeps the system going, you know, it's kind of more for the other guys and not for Brunson because you want to see what they look like playing with like a really good point guard." So I would have understood that too. So I think that could have played into it of saying, "Hey, instead of just throwing these." into bench guys out there at the very end of the game. We're going to throw them out there with a point guard who's running the system and all that. Um, but, yeah, I I think it's kind of what you said. Let's temper it a little bit. If this is happening two weeks into the season yeah. and Brunson's playing 10 minutes a game, I think that's a, that's a question we can definitely be bringing up. For sure. So there you go, guys. There's so much more we can get into this game, but we'll be back on Monday. Tim talk, Hardaway. Talking all, talking all about it. Justin Jackson had another decent game. Dorian played well in this game. I love Dorian. Dorian hit some threes in this game. That that's that's such a positive thing. We need to have a conversation about Dorian on Monday because we both think that Dorian should start. Um, yeah, yeah, we're 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 there now. So, uh, but we appreciate you guys listening to us on a Saturday or a Sunday. Enjoy your weekend. Go out there, do something fun. I'm going to Disney on Saturday, so pray for oh, me cool. if, if you pray. I'm going with my going, going with Disney. my wife and uh, my brother-in-law and mother-in-law. So pray for me. Ooh. You will get all the prayers. <laughs> Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out. Boom. Boom.